You're listening to New Life Church in Richmond Hill, Georgia. It's good to see you guys. Hope you're doing well. Um, we're going to the book of uh, Proverbs today, Proverbs chapter 3. So if you want to go ahead and start turning to Proverbs chapter 3, that's where we're going to go. Um, and we've been in a series, we're going to continue in our series, we started a new series last week called The Path, and uh, just talking about this idea of finding your way uh, through life, and uh, we talked last week about um, just how the Bible talks about paths and ways and the different Hebrew words, uh, Derek and Orich, uh, which are Hebrew words that just sometimes get interchangeably used about um, for the word path and the word way. And you're going to see that come up again today, how those get used. And now, I, I really had the, the idea for the series when my family went on vacation this past summer, and we did a hike through Tallulah Gorge. And um, I just started seeing all these signs uh, along the, the trail, and I said, you know what, I, the, the <laughs> I started taking pictures of these signs. Everybody was like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know, God's just kind of talking to me, so it's kind of sometimes it's weird like that when it happens. And um, the sign that I want to show you today uh, is this sign here. This is the sign um, that we got to, and I don't know if you can read that, but it just, uh, you should be able to read the big words, uh, warning, strenuous trail right? Because um, some people miss this. And even some people uh, really kind of don't let it sink in about what it's saying because it basically just tells you here, it says, listen, uh, to walk to the suspension bridge, there's a su suspension bridge uh, that is across the gorge. And to get there, uh, it, is a, it is 620 steps to get to the bridge. Uh, then not only do you have to get to the bridge, you have to uh, muster the courage to walk across the suspension bridge, uh, to which my mother-in-law did. I was very surprised. She is, she's afraid of heights, uh, but we were giving her high fives as she came across the bridge. We're like, yeah, you go, Mo. You know, we call her Mo. And um, so she she made it through, um, through that. So it's 620 steps to the suspension bridge. But to get all the way down to the bottom of the gorge to, to where um, you can see this waterfalls, and it's just a beautiful sight. It's amazing. It is 1,062 steps. Right now, I don't know if you guys realize this, uh, that the average American only walks three to four thousand steps a day. Now, how many of you guys just right now, you're just kind of pushing back? Your, <laughs> I do way more than that. You know, all right, all you overachievers, let's go ahead and get it out of the way. Raise your hands. We know you got your little step counter in your life. <laughs> I'm 10,000, right? Woo look at me, 15,000 steps a day. You know, you're just, you're just running around a building. Usually it's all these teachers, right? Because have you seen the hallways in these schools? They're just long. They might as well be like a hangar for airplanes or something. Um, and, 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 yeah, I get it, you know. But the average person only walks three to 4,000 steps a day, right? And so... If you look at this, you can say, well, you know, a thousand steps. I, I can do a thousand steps. See, what people aren't doing, they aren't doing the math, right? Because they're thinking that's not that bad. A thousand sixty-two steps is not that bad. I can do that. What they're not counting on is the thousand sixty-two steps on the way back up too, right? 
That's what people aren't doing. They aren't doing the math. Nobody's doing the math. Everybody, I saw them. I saw them. You know, they were all, all these people coming down the steps, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I can do this, you know. They're all chipper and cheer, and I'm like trying to get up a step. I'm like taking my leg and just kind of like trying to put it on the next step. I'm like, dear God, can I make the next landing? Right? Because what you don't take into account is that most of us are fat and lazy, okay? <laughs> and it's just like, hey, I can do that. And you're like, you're down at the bottom. You're like, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm just going to die right here. <laughs> They'll have to send a helicopter to pick me up and cart me out of here. But we aren't. We aren't doing the math when you get to places like this. When you get to something like this, it's not, it's not clicking with some people. They're like, yeah, I can do that. And they're not thinking, wow, this is, this is going to be like, if I only do three to 4,000 steps a day, which they probably don't even know that, they're thinking, you know, this is half of my steps in the day. And just this one trip down these stairs and, and, a, and a trip up, uh, I'm, I'm there. I'm just about at my, my max steps for the day if I'm average, right? And most of us, um, we may be above average in our laziness. Uh, we're just like, I, ca I can't make it. But... You know, as, as I saw the sign, it just kind of hit me. I was like, yeah, that's really it. I mean, that's, you know, there, there are things along the way. There, there's this path that we're all on. And uh, we started with this statement last week. We said this, that paths carry you to some things and away from others. You know, we, we, we just said the path. That's just kind of how this happens. You know, it either carries you to something or it carries you away from something. And the path that we're on, the path that you're on in life, what's it doing? Is it carrying you to God or is it carrying you away from God? Is the path that you've gotten on, is it bringing you closer to your intended destination or is it getting you farther away from where you, you thought you would be at this point? And that's kind of what I want to talk to you about today is doing the math, is that uh, sometimes we really have to take into account what this path and walking this path and and the decisions that we make in life and how they because the path isn't always straight and the path isn't sometimes the path forks and sometimes it seems like the path just runs out there have been times that I thought I was on the path and I realized that I was trailblazing at that moment that there was no path there at all and I'm creating a new path um, and sometimes that's that's kind of where we feel like we feel like we're, we're in life is that, oh man, I've never been here before. I don't know exactly where I'm at. I'm a little bit lost. And, and there are decisions that comes up that can be uh, crucial in your decision-making, how you make that, that choice, and if that's going to bring you closer to your intended destination or not. And so this morning, I, I want us to, to, to talk about this idea of uh, just drawing wisdom and understanding and how to, to direct one's life. And how do we do that? The first thing I think we have to do is this. You have to start with the end in mind. You have to start with the end in mind. Where do you want to end at? Where do you want to end? So these people who are walking these steps down to Hurricane Falls and to Lula Gorge, you know, they are intending to go see this beautiful waterfall at the bottom, but really that's not their end destination, right? Because they're not and in, intending in to just stay down there, some people, when they get down there, are like, yeah, I'm here. This is, this is it. I'm not getting back up the steps. It is too far. Can I just live down here? Can anybody got a tent? You know, because they, they want to get back up. They want to get back to where their car's at. They want to get back to where their air conditioning's at. They want to get back to where their amenities are at. Uh, and so sometimes we don't take these things into account. 
But you have to begin with the end in mind, especially when we start thinking about this path that we're on with God. What do I want? If I'm getting married, what do I want my marriage to look like down the road? If, if I'm choosing a career, if I'm college age and I'm choosing a career, God, what are you calling me into? God, what are you gifted me to do? God, what do you want this next uh, portion of my life to look like? Maybe if you are at the stage of retirement and you're saying, okay, what is retirement going to look like for me? Yeah, I'm, you know what? I am done with this portion of my life. What is this next portion going to look like? And you've got to have this idea. There's got to be, you've got to start with the end in mind. Because there's, you direct your life and you direct your steps to a certain way, right? If I wanted to go out those doors over there, I would not direct my feet this way. I am a horrible golfer. Um, some of you guys have been, I've, I've been a, a couple times with, with Brother Tony Green, and, and, and he's always been very gracious trying to help me out, you know. And, you know, there are times that I want my ball to go a certain way, to fly a certain direction, and it always goes that way, right? I remember one guy, the time I played a, a course out in Black Creek, it's in North, North Bryan County, and I hit this guy's house, right? My, I mean, I just, I just tell, wham! I thought my ball was going to go that way, and it just kind of went around over the pond and kind of bounced around this guy's back porch. And this guy walks out, and I promise you, he looks just like Santa Claus. He is wearing red pajama pants, a white T-shirt, and he's got this big, long, white beard. He does not sound like Santa Claus, I promise you. He said a lot of words that we are not supposed to say, and he took my ball, and he held it up and shook it at me, and I was like, you can keep that, sir. That's a gift to you, you know. You know, and so that's not where I intended for my ball to wind up. You know, I wanted it to go over the hill to be in the middle of the fairway, and it was nowhere near. And, and you know, my brother-in-law's over with me, and they're, you know, they're trying to help me out. And it's always because I've always had my feet pointed in the wrong direction. W one thing, this, there's many reasons why, but that's one reason why is because my feet are always pointed in, in the wrong direction, and, and my ball is heading to places that I never intended for it to go. And so there is this idea. You have to start with the end in mind. You have to start with, all right, how do I want to get to where I need to go. So we have to start with the end in mind. And before you start down any path, you need to ask yourself some questions. Where do I want to end up? Do these decisions bring me closer to my intended destination? It may be, yes, these steps that I'm taking now, yes, they bring me closer to my intended destination. That's awesome. I'm going to keep walking. No, they don't bring me closer to my intended destination. Stop going down that path. If it does not bring you closer to God, if it does not bring you closer to what God has for you, stop walking down that path. And then it may not be as clear-cut as yes and no, because we would love for life to be like that, right? How many of you would love for it to be, yes, this is what you need to do. No, this isn't what you need to do. How many of you know sometimes you get like the, eh, eh, what is that, God? You know, it's like, you can do this. Sometimes we get like sideways motion, right? You know what, what sideways motion is? It means like, you know, just kind of, you're not, you're not backing up. You're not going forward, but it, it, it's just wearing you out. And, and there are times sometimes that we get involved in activities. There are things that we do, and it's not necessarily bad. They're not things that are sin. There are things that you can do in life. There's a ton of things you can do in life that, that's not necessarily sin. But it doesn't mean you need to do it. It doesn't mean that you need to 
Let that be part of your life. And, and I had this conversation a little earlier, too. There's a passage in Corinthians that talks about all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. All things might be legal. Yes, technically you can do that, but that doesn't mean you need to do that. And so there are things in life sometimes that we get wrapped up in, and it's like, well, you know what? It's not really wrong, but it isn't moving the ball down the field. And I am tired, and I am wore out, and ultimately what it's doing is it's stopping you. And so, no, it is not getting you to your intended destination. And so we have to ask these questions. What are these things? Do these decisions bring me closer to my intended destination? There are things I need to say yes to. There are things that I need to say no to. And then there are things I need to look at and say, technically I could say yes, but I probably, using wise choices, I probably need to say no to this. So what is that? What do I want my life to look like when I get there? And who do I want to be traveling with when I get there? To that intended destination. See, living in the moment is always more fun than living within the margins. Can, can we just agree on that? Right? Living in the moment. Like, yeah, we love the. Let's live in the moment. Live for now. Don't worry about, don't worry about later. Right? Let's spend the money now. Let's, let's, let's just eat all we can now. Let's just do whatever we can now. Let's drink everything we can now. Th those are the things that, that most people who get off the path, this is what they like. This is their life motto. Live in the moment. Right? Carpe diem. Seize the day. Right? But you may be afforded another day. And then another day after that. And then another day after that. So the decision you make on this day will affect tomorrow. And the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that. Because living in the moment is always more fun than saying, you know what, I need to make sure that there's some margin in my life. What is margin? Margin is the extra that's left over. Margin is, it's kind of like if you look at, remember notebook paper when you were in school? You know, any of you guys, I mean, just wrote in the margins. You just filled it all up. <laughs> you know, some, some of you guys have to keep that space, right? You know, when, when you're looking at the margin is that side. It's like the, it's like the guardrails on the road, right? There's a mar You don't ride right up on the guardrails. At least we hope you're not riding on the guardrails. And if you are, you need to have your license revoked, okay? I mean, that's not how they intend for it to be. There's supposed to be some margin. You're not supposed to be riding right up on the edge of the road. And so... But sometimes that's how we make decisions. Sometimes that's how we live life. Sometimes financially, that's how we make, we go right up to the edge. We go, if I preached my entire message, like standing right here on the edge, would that just like weird any of you guys out? Because some of y'all are like, please back up. You're, you're messing with me. You're, you're just like, because some, we're right there on the edge sometimes when we make decisions. We're right there on the edge living. And that is not wise. That's not wise. That's not, that's not what God is really wanting us to live our life. He said there, there's margins and there's limits and there's boundaries that we need to set. There's boundaries we need to set in finances. There's boundaries we need to set in relationships. There are boundaries we need to set with our time. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all, you just, you just commit sometimes and you overextend and you say yes when you should probably be saying no. It's like, yeah, I could do that. And because you don't want to let somebody down. You don't want to be the person. You're, maybe you're a people pleaser and you always like to see that smile on somebody's face. Yes, I can do that. In the back of your mind, it's like, there's no way in the world I'm going to be able to get that done. And you know that you should probably say, you know what, I, I would love to. I would love to. But I can't. Because 
there's only so much time we're given. There's only so much resource that we're given. And we are set to live within a world of limits and boundaries. And sometimes we push past those. And it's fun sometimes. It's fun to push past the boundaries. But there's a flip side to that. Luke chapter 14, Jesus talks about this. And I love this story because Jesus, he is living in Galilee, and Galilee is in the northern region of Israel. And at this point in time, there was um, a guy by the name of Herod Antipas that was basically uh, the king over that region. So you had, uh, he had brothers, and so they all had uh, their own region that they were kind of king over. And so Herod Antipas was the king over this region of Galilee. And so Jesus did a lot of his teaching there. And if you uh, look at pictures, or maybe if, you, if you've been there, you know that this is a hill country. There's, there's like these rolling hills, and, it, it, and, and you can sit on the side of a hill and just kind of look across the Sea of Galilee, and you can see other other cities around you can see it's 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 really cool so Jesus is teaching he's got his ministry there and in, in Luke chapter 14 he is really kind of sitting on a hillside and he's teaching people he's called people to him he's teaching people this is what he says he says for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost whether he has enough to complete it Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him. Saying, this man has begun to build and was not able to finish. Right? Just stop right there. So what Jesus is doing, Jesus is sitting on a hillside. He's got all these people sitting around him. And there is a city that is across the lake. Everybody can see it because they're sitting on a hillside. And they can look across the lake and they can see this city that Herod Antipas has built. And it is a city called Tiberias. And you can go look this up in history. Uh, it's a city called Tiberias. And the city was built to honor the emperor Tiberius, right? Because the emperor is the main king. All right, Herod Antipas is just kind of like a little king who rules his little region under uh, Caesar's command. And so basically he's trying to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to get in good with Caesar. Anybody ever had a boss you want to get in good with? All right, some of y'all raising your hand, right? I mean, you're all the boss you want, so you are the boss you want somebody to get in good with you, you know. And so this is what Herod Antipas is doing. He's like, I am going to build this city. I am going to spend a lot of money on this. And so Herod Antipas begins to build this city, and basically runs out of money, right? Because he's trying to impress Caesar. He's trying to impress um, this this guy who is his boss, basically, and he didn't count the cost. And so Jesus is sitting on a hillside. He tells the story. He's like, hey, so how many of you, you know, if you got to count the cost. If you're going to be a disciple of mine, you got to count the cost of what's in this. And he looks at Christ and says, how many of you, if you ever started a city or started a tower, and, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things. You just, you got to be able to finish. And everybody's looking across the lake, and they're saying, oh, yeah. You mean like Tiberius over here? Like with Herod Antipas, he didn't count the cost. And he goes on and he says this in verse 31. He says, or what king? Now we get a little bit more specific, right? He doesn't actually say Herod Antipas' name. He didn't call out Herod here. He just says, or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down and first deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 men to meet the one who comes against him with 20,000? 
What is he talking about? He's talking about King Herod again. Because King Herod, if you go look at King Herod's story, what did King Herod do? King Herod had married uh, the Nabataean queen or the Nabataean princess. And the Nabataean princess was ba- it was like a political marriage uh, so that they could have um, just good relationships between the two kingdoms. And so they married the Nabataean queen or a princess off to Herod. And so he's married to this, this woman. Well, Herod falls in love with his brother's wife, okay? And so basically, basically she says, as long as you're married to the Nabataean princess, I will not marry you. So he it has this plan to divorce her and sends her back to her father, basically. And she goes back to her father, and her dad's basically had it up to here with Herod. All right, he, has, he has made some bad choices. He has made some bad decisions. And so this Nabataean king takes his army out to meet Herod and says, we're coming against you. We're waging war against you because you sent my wife, you divorced my daughter. You sent her back to me and you married your brother's wife. Um, It's time to take you out, buddy. So he brings in his army and the Nabataean king defeats King Herod in war. And so Jesus is telling this story, and people are kind of picking up what he's laying down. And if, you're, and, and if not, while the other is a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. See, that's not what happened with Herod. He should have done that. And what Jesus is saying, so listen, if this is what you're doing, you need to count the cost of your actions. There is a cost to every decision you make. And every time you make a decision, it's going to cost you something down the road. And see, Herod's decisions cost him something. He, he started these big buildings, and he couldn't finish them because it cost him something. He started this relationship with someone who wasn't his wife, and it cost him something. It cost him more than just relationships. It cost him financially, and it cost him in uh, the power in his kingdom. And, and Caesar basically exiled him later on, and he becomes, he just fades away into history, and it cost him. And Jesus sees this. He says, listen, that's not wise living. That's not the kind of lifestyle that God has called you to. See, living in the moment is always more fun than living in the margin, but living in the moment will also come with a greater cost than living in the margins. It always comes with a greater cost than living within the limits and living within the boundaries and living within the relationships that are set and living within your spending limits and living within your time constraints. When you set good boundaries, when you set and you identify these limits and said, yep, this is a limit, God, that, that, that I, I don't need to cross this. I don't need to go beyond this. I've, I've made vows. I don't need to break those vows. God, I, I, have, I have only so much resource. God, I don't need to go over and above the resource that I have. God, I, I'm, this seems like very practical stuff, but why do, why do we miss out? Why do people get in trouble? It's because we don't do the math. Right now is more fun than later on. Right now, if I just have fun now, it's way more fun to do that now. It's way, it just feels good right now to do this, to go ahead and spend it, to go ahead and do this. It feels good right now, but later on, you will pay that price. Later on, there is a cost to your decisions. And Jesus is teaching, that's it. what he's teaching me was just like, hey, there, there's a cost that comes up to this. So living in the moment will always come at a greater cost than living in the margins. But see, this is one thing that you can understand. If we look at at Proverbs 3, Proverbs 3, verse 5, this is what it says. 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. In all your ways, acknowledge him. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. That whole part right there that says lean not on your own understanding, basically it is a, it is a term in Hebrew that says nothing. It means nothing. He says, when you trust in your understanding, you're leaning on nothing. Anybody ever tried to lean up on nothing? It is painful. If you've ever thought that there has been something there and there has not been anything there, and you've tried to lean on it and you've fallen. I had, uh, somebody was telling me uh, a little earlier, they fell off the roof this past week. They went to go get the ladder, and the ladder was not there, and they fell into a lot of nothing, and they finally hit something after they stopped falling, right? But it is painful. That's what this is. And it says when you live your life in this way, that, that if you lean on your own understanding, it's like leaning into nothing. There's nothing there to hold you up. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways. In all your derrick. Remember that Hebrew word, derrick? In all your ways, in all the decisions, in all the way that you direct your life, acknowledge him. And he will make your orich, your path, your path straight. Now, this is the picture that I got. Because not only, it's almost this idea that there's this leveling that happens. When, a, when the ancient uh, king would go out, he would send out people ahead of him. If he was going to make a trip, he would send out um, a group of people ahead of him to make sure that all the city gates were open, to make sure there was no, nothing in his way to impede his progress. There was nothing in his path to stop his trip because he was the king and he had a purpose and he had to get to where he was going and he had someone going before him. Do you know what this means here? This is that idea that God is going before us. It's, it's crazy that the king of the entire universe will go before us to make our path level and straight because we have said, God, I don't want to walk in my own ways. I don't walk in my, in my own uh, understanding. I don't want to be just trying to outsmart you, God, because I can't outsmart you. God, I want to walk in your ways because I walk in your ways. There's wisdom and understanding in that, and you will make my path straight and level. The picture that I get here, anybody watch the Olympics? So, okay, have anybody ever seen the Olympics at all? Maybe you don't watch them, but you've ever seen them at all. They've got this, they've got this, this Olympic uh, contest, this game called curling. It's not curling like this, but it's curling. They take this stone, and they just kind of put, put it out over the ice, and that stone is supposed to, it just, it's just supposed to glide, really, across the ice, and they're trying to see how far and straight they can get it to go. And they have these, uh, these guys in front of the stone. Have you ever seen them? They've got, like, these brooms, these, and they're just kind of, like, going back and forth, going back and forth, and they're just, like, sweeping in front of that stone. What are they doing? They're trying to make, uh, really what they're trying to make, it says it's friction because the friction kind of heats the ice up a little bit so that there's this little bit of water. And it's almost like they're just trying to get the stone to hydroplane. But what they want is they want this stone to glide on this water to where there's less friction stopping it or impeding its progress so that it can go farther and straighter. That is the picture that I get here, that when we live our life in such a way, God says, I will step out in front of you. 
I will step out in front of you, and I will make that path straight because I want you to go farther, and I want you to go straighter in your life. But you got to trust me. And this is the thing about this. This is how I want to end this out. You can always count on God when you're willing to count the cost. You can always count on God when you're willing to count the cost. You can always count on God to step in, to step out in front of you and say, let's go. Let's go. And some of you know this. Somebody, you can come play. So for you this morning, when you're looking at your life and you're asking questions, maybe you're asking the question, is this something worth giving my life to? I'm about to make a decision. Is this something worth giving my life to? It may be. It may be one of those things that, that you make a decision on. I, I know for me, a uh, long time ago, I made a decision to go into the ministry, and I was, I was at this crossroads, and I'm like, God, I really want certain things in my life, and I really feel like I, I, I'm, I, if I make these decisions, God, I can have those, and I felt this call on my life to go a different way. And for me, I had to trust God's understanding, and I had to trust God's wisdom that he would bring about anything that he knew that I needed in my life. And you know what? At that crossroads point for me, I decided to trust God. And he's always been there. He's always been there. He's always gone before me. Now, are there things that in my own selfishness that I want, you know, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's all kinds of stuff, man. I love I'm, I love gadgets. Whatever the newest gadget is, I love it. You know, I want it. Uh, it's shiny and bright and blinks. Hey, I want that, right? It doesn't mean I need it. God knows what I need, and he's always supplied my needs. He's always supplied my needs. And so I really believe this, that I can always count on God when I'm willing to say, God, I'm, I want to count the cost for my family. I want to count the cost for my marriage. I want to count the cost for my finances. I want to count the cost, Lord, for how you're directing me to, to lead this church. God, I want to count the cost because I believe that the decision I make today will affect where we're at tomorrow. See, where you're at right now, God's got you here. And he wants you to follow him. He wants your path to be straight and level. He wants your, you to be able to go farther and straighter. But you got to trust him. And so today, I don't know what decisions you're having to make. I don't know what decisions you're faced with. It could be super big. You could be making decisions that will cost millions and millions and millions of dollars. You could be making decisions just about that's going to cost you some time over the next two weeks, three weeks. Maybe it's a decision on what happens inside your body, right? Maybe it's a decision about, hey, should I drink this? Should I smoke this? Should, you know you shouldn't, right? Let me just go ahead and answer that for you. You know you shouldn't. And th there are things that we're making, whatever those decisions are, and you're just saying, God, where do I want to be down the road? Does this bring me closer to my intended destination? Does this bring me to where you want me to be? So with heads bowed today, Psalm 16 and 11, let me read this to you real quick. This is what Psalm 16 and 11 says. It says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. See, I know that going our own way and doing our own thing and making our own decisions sometimes seems like a lot of fun. But that scripture, put that scripture back up. That scripture right there says, you make known to me the path of life. If I really want to have life, that life is found in Jesus. 
And in his presence, there's a fullness of joy. And isn't that really what we want? Isn't that really what we want? That, that, we, want, that we want life, we want true life, and we want joy in our life. And sometimes I've made some bad decisions that has taken the joy out of life. And I've had to ask that question, is this worth giving my life to? And maybe I've had to answer, this isn't worth throwing my life away for. So where are you at today? Where are you at with this this morning? Father, we just come now and we're, we're people who are presented with decisions each and every day. We are presented with choices. We are presented uh, with crossroads and, and, and paths that may diverge. And, and we're asking, God, where do you want us to go? What, do you, what career do you want me to go into? Do you want me to stay in this field that I'm at? Do you want me to stay where I'm at in this job that I'm at, God, or, or should I make the change? And, and, and maybe it se may seem like a difficult change, but, God, you're wanting me to make that change. Or maybe you're wanting me to stay. God, these are decisions and choices that we just don't want to make on our own, but we're asking for your wisdom. We're asking for your understanding because we know that when we count the cost, we know that we can count on you. You go before us. You give us wisdom. You clear the path ahead. And so, Lord, when we're following you, there's nothing that can stop us. The only thing that can stop us is ourselves when we say, we're going to get off the path and go our own way. So, Lord, forgive us when we've made bad choices. Forgive us when we've listened to our own uh, desires and the things that we think are good, and we've totally discarded what you're trying to get us to see. When we've pushed out your spirit's leading, or maybe it's your spirit's convicting. We've not wanted to be convicted by your spirit, and so we've listened to something else or someone else. God, forgive us. God, forgive us. Put us back on the path where you're leading the way for us. That's what we want. That's what we need. We ask for your blessing in our life in Jesus' name. Can you guys stand with us? Can we sing this together? Can we sing this together? Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow you. Yeah. Follow you. Yeah. All your ways are good. All your ways are sure.
you've been listening to New Life Church in Richmond Hill, Georgia. For more information regarding New Life, please visit our website at newliferh.com.